Hello everybody, it's Melissa. Welcome to my random stream of consciousness and welcome to Mishmash Soup. Today I have our guest host, Tori, oh, well, Mr. T <laughs> in studio. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're going to try something new that hasn't been done before and it's his little brainchild there, Mr. T. So we'll go ahead and uh, get into that soup. How are you today? Doing good, doing good. Really excited oh. about this. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, you were telling me about it and I was like, yeah, this sounds like it's going to be, it's going to really like, you know, test our muster, the expression and... Uh, See how creative we can be. Yeah, you it, you said that it's more of a left brain activity, right? Yes, left brain, yeah. creative side. Uh -huh. the, I guess I would say the... The child in us. Mm, yeah. Well, I have a big child in, in my relationship here, my husband. So <laughs> one of us has to be the adult. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But no, yeah. So that's going to be interesting. And I, I think when I was young, it was, um, I remember in college, we did, we did something like this. And... Uh, it was pretty fun, actually. It was a group of us, uh, five friends, and we. I started it, and it just took off, and it was really cool. It it really also let us know how that person thought, and you know their kind of thought pattern, and how they, you know, how, what kind of creativity that they had within them. So, yeah, I think it's gonna be really fun. So. Uh, I know that you thought up of the idea and I chose the genre. So it's going to be kind of a bit of a story time, so to, so to speak, featuring me, Melissa, and Mr. T. Story Definitely. time. Yay. It's kind of a literal round. It's literally a mishmash soup of thoughts. It, yes, <laughs> a exactly. Real screaming of live thoughts. Randomness at its best. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I guess I'm gonna leave it to you because this is, you know, you're you're the one driving this, so it's gonna be up to you to do the <laughs> to start it off. <laughs> oh, people, fun, fun. Okay, people, people, if if you can leave me a message on Mishmash Soup two one four at gmail dot com, if you need to leave a message for Mister T here, I'll make sure he gets it. <laughs> yeah okay that's, that's that'll be that's, fun that'll be fun okay so take it away mr t the All ball's right. in your court we'll start it in a very traditional way of re storytelling once upon a time Ooh. in the far far past uh -huh. down in the bayou there were uh -huh. a whole bunch of ghosts and all it, along the bayou, you would see people at night going by slowly in these little boats. They, you could hear the disturbing, you know, the disturbing of the water. You could hear the hissing of the alligators. And every once in a while, a wild in the wild every once in a while you would see a glimmer 
in between the weeping willows, you might see something spooky, something white, or something shimmering. Could it be a ghost? It might have been the ghosts of the future revolution of America, where everything that seems to be possible or impossible or possibly impossible could be. The soldiers that were on the battlefield would creep up behind their enemies, or so they thought it was their enemies. And as they were approaching and approaching and crawling, they realized that the person that they thought there was their enemy couldn't be shot because they shot several rounds. They discovered that it was the ghosts of vampires. Uh, Ghosts of vampires. Out in the battlefield strewn along the foxholes, you would see piles and piles of sandbags. People cowering in the corner, holding their guns. Boys barely 15 fighting in this war. You would hear the whizzing of bullets as they peeked to see if they could see their enemies coming at them. Whiz went the bullets right by their ears. And if you were lucky, you would live to make it a few more feet down that foxhole, crawling over the bodies of their fallen brethren the smell of decay creeping into their nostrils. Were these ghosts the ghosts of their fallen friends? Or were these ghosts something more sinister? And while they were watching their brethren fall, they would be able to see something coming out of these bodies they didn't know what it was. They could just see a shimmer, kind of like when you see in the desert, a mirage coming up out of these bodies. And as they continued to struggle going forward, these mirages kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it made a really weird hissing noise. And then they would continue to crouch up and continue down the battlefield. And then all of a sudden, one by one, the soldiers were being picked off the ground and thrown into the air, only to be fallen back down with their heads cut off. And again, something came out of the body. They didn't realize it, but what was coming out of the bodies 
was a new form of a spiritual that would want to grieve and grieve and grieve and create more of them. So in essence, they were turning into a, some kind of a ghost, but these ghosts desired blood and death and brought wanted to bring more and more death as time progressed. These ghosts were vicious and hungry, hungry ghosts, taking one by one the innocence that had already been found and lost in the trenches as these soldiers fought and fought and defended and defended. As the old man sat in his boat and he made his way down the bayou. All along the banks, he would see glimmers, little vapors rising, making that sound, that sizzle, almost like the sizzle of an egg on hot asphalt. He would hear the whimpering. He would hear and feel the pain of those soldiers that were devoured on the battlefield, not by the enemy, but by something more sinister. And he was reminded of the stories that his grandparents told him of these hungry ghosts. And they were not just hungry for just anyone or anything. They craved the innocence of these young men that were out in the war and they would go and seek them out one by one. And then they would choose very carefully They enjoyed the pure of heart. They enjoyed the fear in their hearts. They enjoyed being able to creep up on them and see that terrified look in their eyes when they came over them. And this man, he knew that there was not much that he could do to help save these innocent young soldiers that were fighting for a war that they knew was without a cause. But he knew that he had to try to do something. So he would go over to wherever he could find another person and he would try to scare them himself because he figured that if he could scare them enough that they would probably curse and they would not be innocent anymore. But he didn't know if this would affect anything. He just thought he would have to try. And he knew that these ghosts were so hungry and ravaging for the innocent that he would probably fail in his mission. These ghosts were lecherous. 
They were parasitic. They lay in wait, waiting to feast on the innocence of man, which is only but fleeting. That moment when boy becomes man, these young soldiers never had a chance. They had walked right into the gaping maw of the lost, the gallows of what was this field that served as their tomb, this man that slowly made his way down the river along the bayou by moonlight deep in the night atop water that in the moonlight looked black as oil looking to save and spare another innocent from these creatures that weigh that waited and waited for the next person to fall and be the next casualty of their desire. Many had walked along the path, young lovers, not only the soldiers of long past, but young lovers young parents, young teens walking along the path. Did they hear something? A shuffle in the brush? A disturbance in the water? Was that a snake? Or was it a hungry ghost? And these ghosts knew that as time would progress, there would be less and less people to feast on. And they knew that they had to find some other alternative source to continue their demise. So they continued looking throughout the land and trying to find anything or anyone that they could devour. Walking along these banks was a young, young soul that really, really appreciated life and loved life and gave everything that they could to make things better for people. They didn't count on this because his soul was so pure and innocent that it actually shedded them away, rebuked them to where they were not able to touch them. These ghosts were very confused. These ghosts were confused but only for a moment because as everything else in life 
it will also find a way. They wanted the innocence. But as the years have gone by, the innocence of man becomes damaged earlier and earlier in their life cycle. So these ghosts who look to see who can give them their next meal find that they have to look for the young. The young because as we know innocence is broken evermore younger and younger in life. This man knew this. He knew that these ghosts would eventually seek out the very young and this could not happen. He could not let it happen. Somewhere in the night a young couple with their children sit in a park bench. The moon is bright. It looks like dusk and the children are playing on a seesaw. Innocence. Pure that shine like a beacon to these hungry ghosts. And yet they approached with caution. They were not sure how to take this extra bright light of purity. All they knew is that they were hungry. And now all they knew is that they had to continue feasting. Hey, Mel, I don't know. Is, are you okay with this? <laughs> this is sounding yeah. funny. <laughs> That's I don't us, know folks. Where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, randomness. <laughs> no, this is a, this is something that we wanted to try and I think it's it's truly I guess creativity it forces you to be creative and think on the fly. Yeah. But folks, this is something that we wanted to try and we wanted to kind of get your take on it but I think it was going very well I mean I think it was eventually we started off with an old wartime story and then it kind of morphed into I think it was I think it was good actually what? I know I mean I was starting to get kind of running out of where we were going to go but I, I know. knew <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> but no this actually brought me into uh, something that I wanted to talk to talk about. Uh, and since it is story time with us, you know, random or not, uh, I wanted to talk and I asked her if I could use it. I mean, of course, it's not her name, but sure, this is an, uh, an old friend of mine from back in the day. Something happened to her. And um, it was interesting and I remember when she told it to me, uh, 
we were back in college and I was like, ooh, and it stuck with me. It actually has stuck with me this long because it was just something that happened. And um, we were we were all sitting around one day on a weekend and we didn't have classes on the weekend and stuff. And she told us that uh, something had happened to her when she was a teenager. And um, she was at home. And her parents were going out to a a company banquet. So she was actually going to go to a, not a school dance, but it was like sort of like a Sadie Hawkins type. I don't know if if y'all don't know what Sadie Hawkins is. It's when you ask the boy out. It's like a little, like a dance. And the, the girls are the ones that ask the boys. And so... She, uh, her parents had left and they had a two-story home and the way she described it, the front, uh, the stairs, it was like a centerpiece in the foyer and it go, it went up and then there was a large landing and immediately to the left of the staircase, there was a guest bathroom and then there was a closet There was a, uh, you know, after that bathroom, there was a closet. There was a guest room that they used as an office. And then her bedroom was off to the, um, at the end of the hall. And then on the right of that stairwell was a hall that had some paintings. And then it kind of went around. Uh, It kind of, the hall went to the left you know, at an angle. And then there was uh, her father's office. And then it was the master bedroom. It kind of sounds like going down the hall of the shining. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was a pretty big, it was a pretty big home. And I had actually had uh, been to the home and it was pretty big. And she said that uh, she was, her parents had left and they had two little dogs and the dogs, you know, would bark, 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 bark. You know, and they were downstairs in front of the fireplace and they were sleeping and she heard the parents, you know, beep, 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 you know, to arm the house um, when they left. And so she went upstairs. I mean, no, she was already upstairs. I'm sorry. She was up there and she decided to um, go and get ready. So she went to her bedroom and she laid out her clothes uh, that she wasn't aware that night because it was like. It was like five, you know, and the, and the dance started like at 730 or something. So she went to get lay out her clothes and she went to the bathroom so that she could start showering. And she liked to use the bathroom. She said she liked to use the guest bathroom because it didn't it didn't get as foggy as, you know, because the suction was really good to the fan oh, yeah. in, in there. And so she went in and she, um, you know, got undressed and she showered and then she, you know, did her shower I don't know how long it took her, but she showered and then she got finished showering and she, um, went to the, the mirror and it was a little, little foggy. So she turned off the air, the fan, whatever you call it. And she kind fan. of, yeah, the exhaust fan and she, and she rubbed the, the, 
the mirror, the finished mirror, with a towel, with a little hand towel. And so she proceeded to brush her hair. It was wet after she dried it. And she brushed her hair and then she turned on the hair dryer to just, you know, kind of go, go over it a little to, you know, dry it up. And so she was there and she was drying her hair. And she said nothing out of the ordinary, you know. She didn't hear the dogs. She didn't, you know, it was not, she wasn't worried. She wasn't a nervous person and her house never made her feel unsafe. Um, so she did that and then she finished and she made sure her towel was secure and she went out and started walking down the hall to her bedroom and she was in there and she said that she sat on the bed and she started putting lotion on herself and she says that she all of a sudden she thought she heard a noise and she kind of stopped and she said did I hear something but she said the dogs would have barked so she thought it was just you know she thought she might have heard like settling noises or something so she didn't really think much of it and so she was putting on lotion on her on her legs and on her arms then she heard the sound of water and she yeah. stopped and she, she, you know, she's like, she was a shower, the shower, she heard the sound of water and it was the shower running. And so she kind of like, you know, just like, oh my gosh, what, you know, what, she didn't know what to think. And she's like, she, you know, she was like kind of caught and she says, you never, you never realize how you're going to react until you're in that situation yeah and so she was like this is way before of course cell phones and she didn't have a phone line in her bedroom because it was a privilege back then you know this was like this was like in the 80s you know early 80s so the 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 phone was downstairs and there was one in her in her parents room and so she was just like what am I gonna do what am I gonna do and so she was thinking and she said that the shower stopped and so she's like oh gosh who could be here I mean shower who's showering you know who could it be and she looked out the window to see if there were any maybe cars. her maybe her parents had driven back home or something because but she would have heard the dogs you know make Martin. noise not you know and and then she would hear the little beep 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 if the parents came back home to disarm the the downstairs the alarm so yeah so she didn't and then all of a sudden she hears the exhaust fan go off you know, and it was like because she and I neglected to say that during this shower she heard the exhaust fan of of the you know the fan in the in the in the bathroom, and then the shower goes off. She says, "I hear noise. I somebody is obviously in there because I can I can hear the the metal of the of the shower curtain, and the fan goes off." And then after a few moments, she hears. The blow dryer go on and she said i she said whoever is in here is retracing my steps and so she thought right then and there well fuck it you know i have to i have to make a run for downstairs 
And so she went out into the hall and she started walking kind of gingerly down the hallway and she got to the point where she knew she had to cross the threshold of that bathroom. And she said, I saw the door was ajar. And she said, as I, I kind of got it, I, you know, I kind of got it in myself that I'm going to just, I have to get through. I have to go by, you know, she was kind of timing herself, kind of like getting herself ready to, to make a dash for it. And so she said she started creeping quietly. And when she crossed the threshold past the door that was ajar, she took a quick look in. And she said that she saw in that bathroom herself. She saw the back of her, of her head holding that blow dryer she said it was her and she just when she saw that all she did was she ran like she never ran before (laughs) and she said she got down there and she just opened that door didn't even bother to disarm anything she opened that door alarm goes off and she the dog starts barking and she runs for it and she ran into, she ran and she went up into the neighbors and she was in a towel. So I was in a towel and I ran and knocked on the door of my neighbors. And they're like, they come you know, the, 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 the mother, the woman comes to the door and she sees her and she's like, what, you know, I'm not going to use her name. I'm going to, I'm going to just say Sally, you know, Sally, what are you doing? That's, you know, it's not her name, but Sally, what are you doing here? And she said, call the cops, call the cops. Somebody is in my house didn't say it was her she just said someone is in my house and so they're like she they they brought her in and you know they she went and she gave her uh, a robe to put on and she called the cops and she at the same time she you know she couldn't call her parents because they didn't have cell phones back then but they called the cops and the cops came and she told them that she was in, you know, inside and that there was an intruder. She said, because I was not going to tell them that I saw myself because they're going to think that I'm crazy. All I said was that there was an intruder and that I don't know if they're still in there or what, but I ran out and that they, she saw them rummaging in the bathroom, but to please go and check, you know, everywhere because they had, you know, they have two floors. So cops went in the course the alarm was going off and of course the they turned off they asked her for the code so they can turn off the alarm and and the phone was just ringing off the hook because it was the security company and by then they had already sent a security officer to to the house but there was like she said four guys were in there and they were looking through the house I could see them through you know from the outside you know with their lights shining every everywhere and they came out and they were like no Nobody's you know, there. There was nobody. No, there was nobody in the house, and that she told. You know, she told them. Well, I said, and they go. They said they must have ran out when they heard the alarm because there's nobody in there. So of course the neighbor had her wait there. You know, because she didn't want to go back to the house. Uh, she was there by herself. She didn't go obviously to the dance, and she said I did not want to go back to the house, so I waited there until my parents ar- arrived home, which was well after. 11 almost midnight and told them what had happened 
And, um, but she said that was, that's, and that story stuck with me because she saw her, her, her fetch. And I told her, you know, Sally, you're lucky that you didn't come, that you didn't see, you know, you didn't see her, you know, y'all didn't make eye contact, but something, you know, is war- that was a warning. That was, I think that was a warning. Yeah. And, and so, and she told me too, uh, later on that also one other thing, uh, happened in, in the house. Uh, this was years later. She was, you know, I think she was about to graduate and she was home with her friend who had stayed the night, was going to be staying the night. And she has her house, has these large, when I was there, these large floor to ceiling uh, windows that actually the window kind of goes up at an angle, like into the roof, like it kind of bends with the roof. Okay. And, and she also had a breezeway on the side of the house and the kitchen of course led to the utility room, which led to the uh, garage. And, she said that they were there watching, you know, some movies and she was going to stay the night, you know, she was going to stay the whole weekend and that they're, they're watching movies. And of course the parents were out again. And she said that they heard, you know, and the dogs, of course, dogs were, you know, were notorious for being, for barking. And she had had them out in the breezeway. And, uh, because, you know, she didn't want them, you know, disturbing them, you know, while watching the movie because, you know, they, they were just, you know, they could be annoying. So she said that all of a sudden they heard the garage door opening and, you know, it's a motorized, that sound noise. And she said, what the hell? There's my parents are not back. And they looked out and they couldn't see anything. You know, they, they looked from the front the door they, to see if they could see lights from the from a car and nothing. So, and the, thing, the worst thing is that the dogs weren't barking. So she went and decided to go in, you know, to the utility room. And she said that she stood right by the door that led into the garage. And she was like, oh. Not again. I have to get, not again. I have to get get in within me to open this door and, and, and her friend was behind her and she had like a big old bat and stuff and it's like, you know, she goes, How cliche, you know, she's got a bat and so they opened the door and they quickly turned on the light. And she said there was the door was starting to go down. It was in the process of going down. Like it was, Did I fall? you know, it, it was going down. And she said all she could see were feet. They were on the other side, bare feet. That's weird. And she was like, oh God. So she, she, you know, of course she closed the door. She locked it and they called the cops. But she said, you know how terrifying, I mean, they're, yeah, their feet, but 
it's terrifying. They were bare feet. What was going on? I mean, it was just so creepy. And I'm like, geez, <laughs> you know, it's like, holy crap. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know if they still live there, but she was like, uh-uh, yeah, that, was, that was my last year of, I, I graduated and I took off to college. <laughs> I was done. <laughs> but I was like, wow, that was kind of, and those two particular stories kind of stuck with me. I just, because imagine you being in your home and then you hear something and you go and all, you know, you get confirmation that there was somebody in your home by looking at feet. Yeah. It's just creepy. <laughs> well, I remember when mm-hmm. this is probably around junior high and we had somebody new that came to the mm-hmm. school or you're you know how that is mm-hmm. everybody knows everybody it's you know it's not a very big school or you have somebody new everybody mm-hmm. knows that somebody's there well we became really good friends and um one of the things that he told me was that um he had gone to a party with some friends and they decided to play with the ouija board oh, and uh I think it was like four of them, him and three others. And so they were playing, you know, the thing is moving. They're getting, like, putting the letters together, getting sentences and stuff like that. Well, apparently somebody asked the wrong question. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, the board just flipped everything. And then whatever that energy was pushed them all to the walls. Because, you know, you're in a circle. Oh, my God. And um, so that freaked them really out because they were all by themselves. You know, their parents weren't home either or any of that. And um, apparently over the course of the next month, um, one by one, they were all died. Except for him. What? Yeah. And in really weird situations, one of them wound up hanging himself. Um, another one was walking on the on the street and um was gonna go over a train track well wound up staying on the train track and couldn't move and got killed that way and then the other one um how did she die she she poisoned herself oh my god intentionally or unknowingly well they didn't understand what was going on because after that like those three that were mocking the game and asking Mm -hmm. the weird questions are the ones that it got revenge on and um (gasps) so they were all acting really weird after all of that so it's kind of like if they were being possessed and um where they wound up either committing suicide well basically committing suicide um yeah and like he never he's like don't ever play that it's a portal it's definitely something that you don't want to play yeah. with yeah i yeah they you know one thing i know about ouija boards is you don't you don't play with them first of all alone yeah and um and yeah um i i just i know that the, when i was young of course young and dumb i was home you know i was home one summer and my before my great great before my great grandma passed on because I'm you know I am adopted my grandmother had adopted me my grandparents on my father's side and so I got to you know live 
with my grandma because my mother had taken care of her. And so when I went out one weekend and I bought an Ouija board without my, my mom was just furious because she saw it and she said, this is, you know, the, this is the devil's tool and this is a doorway. I don't want that in the house. You go get rid of it. And we used to have a burn pile in the back. So what I did was I walked out and I had put it, well, I had taken the box, but I hid the board under my, under my grandma's bed because I knew that she would, you know, she would think to look under my bed to see if I, you know, had the, the board. So I went and I kind of like, you know, all sad and walking out. And she saw, I threw the board, I threw the box in there and I had put it, you know, to fire. And so she was satisfied. So that night I, I, you know, was upstairs and I was doing my thing watching my movies and went to bed and in the morning you know because of course being a teenager I would wake up late and of course my mom being you know old <laughs> and my grandma being old they were up with the the birds so they were already up and I I come down and it was like 10 or 10 30 or 11 and they're talking and she you know, she said, your, you know, your grandma didn't have a good night's sleep last night. And I go, well, what happened? You know, and she says, well, your, your grandma said that she heard noises and that she heard like if somebody was walking in the living room and dropping, like dropping themselves, you know, like when you go and you just drop yourself on the couch and you, <gasps> you make that sound like, yeah. you know, and that she just kept hearing all night and she would hear like breathing and she was terrified. And I told her, mom, why didn't you call for me? And she goes, I was afraid that they, you know, somebody was in the house and they were going to hear me and then they were going to, you know, do harm to, to me. So I just pretended to, to be asleep. And so I was like, huh? And she says, yeah. And, and, and that at one point she felt like pressure on the bed like if like her bed kind of like made like you know when somebody sits at the edge of your bed you can feel the 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 bed move the yeah the bed move is shift it shifts and that she was just terrified she did not want to even move a muscle but she said i didn't sleep all night i was like up and all night i kept hearing this and i was like you know and i felt guilty you know i felt guilty and um I said, well, you know, to my mom, she goes, Carona, you know, (laughs) what do you have to say? Because she saw that I had that look. She goes, what's wrong? Why, you know, why do you look guilty and stuff? And I, and, and I said, well, I, I didn't really get rid of the Ouija board. I, I just, I hid it under grandma's bed and she, oh my God, she let me have it. She was like, you know, I, I had to go and get it out from under the bed and and she made me go out there and break it in half and she watched me she went out with me and said you light that thing on fire that thing is a you know she said 
that was el pingo last night was in the house because you invited it because that thing. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I felt so bad because my my grandma wasn't an, a, a woman that was not unsound. She was a very sound person. My my grandma, my great grandma, you know, she was born in 1900 and she was a pretty level headed person and she didn't really lie. She was not a dramatic person. Yeah. And and so for this, this was the only time I ever saw her kind of shook up. And she only spoke Spanish. So she was, you know, saying all, all this in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she said, you want to, you know, you could have, you could have, you know, caused more problems. And let's just hope that this thing doesn't stay in the house. And so, of course, she went and she did her little sun mummies and stuff and put up candles everywhere and and. Nothing ever, ever um, happened like that again. She actually, my mom, you know, said that she slept well and my grandma reported that she didn't hear anything after that. But I was pretty sure that it was the Ouija board because I was being naughty, didn't listen and went against my mother's wishes by uh, keeping it in the house. But that was my little experience with ghosts i guess you can say <laughs> with me um mom used to do tarot cards a lot mm-hmm. and um i mean she did it all the time all the time mm-hmm. and um one time i guess i don't know exactly what happened but she wanted to get rid of them so mm-hmm. we lived on a block from the rio grande yeah. And um, so she put them in a bag and put like um, like some bricks in it and said, go th- dump it in the, the river. Mm-hmm. So I did. And the next morning they were outside on the on the porch. Right there. Really? And I was I was oh. I freaked out because I, you know, I threw it into the river. Should have. And how is it going to get all yeah. the way back? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I kind of freaked out, and um, we also like you had a like a place in the back where we'd burn trash and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I got them and threw them in the fire. Well, the fire turned like a bright blue, and it mm. went up like really high. It went up maybe about four or five feet. It, it was kind of oh. like an explosion, and every time it got bigger, a card would mm-hmm. come out. A card would come oh out. Oh my god! <laughs> that was really? really, really weird. And um, but from what I understood was that the those deck of cards were passed down um, from family members. Yeah. And like we talked in another episode, like there was always you know some witchcraft in my family going back. And um, so I have a feeling that those were very old cards and. Because mom had done it so much, she mm-hmm. kind of bound to it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And she was uh, the, the 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 life force was you know there was some kind of a connection. And um, so she wound up putting it in the fire, and it actually stayed in the fire. So I guess it wow. had to be her that did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It that had to was be with her. that was weird because mom always was into that stuff and. She would always read people's cards and yeah, that was just an interesting experience with doing it myself where it didn't work. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I, I, I remember, and this, this memory stays with me, and I don't really understand what it was that I saw. I know I was young. I was like about 12 or, th- or 13, and I remember our old family home. My mom's bedroom was in the front of the house near the living room. So, you know, those old wooden windows that, you know, it's like when it, when in the winter, they kind of, the heat inside kind of expands the window and it's kind of hard to like open. And and so she had these old windows. And I remember in the summer I would sleep, I would sleep in the bed with my mom because my bedroom was upstairs and, and we didn't have, you know, central We had, you know, window units and the only window unit was in the living room. And um, so at night she would turn off the AC and she would open up the the bedroom window because it was cool. And I would sleep there because the heat rises. And in the summer, these Texas heat, I would I didn't want to be up there. I wanted to be downstairs where it was cooler. So I would sleep you know, in the in, in the bed with her and I would always be the one facing the window and we literally could see, you know, outside and there was, uh, our house was on an access road. So you could see the highway up top and then the bottom was the access road. And so I remember I was sleeping Well, I was in bed one night and she was already asleep and I was just there looking out the window and I was kind of getting, you know, that you're in between sleep and, and awake. So you're kind of in that in between space and you don't know if whether you're sleeping or not, but something jolted me awake. And what jolted me awake was I heard like um, shuffling uh, on on the on the side of the axe on the on that road that went by our house, and it was like shuffling, and it was like followed by like something dragging, kind of like cans. Or something, not metal, metal, but something like cans was dragging along. And I looked and I was, you know, looking out the window and I saw something like a figure. And it looked kind of large and kind of like if it was hunched and it was just kind of shuffling kind of slowly and it was like it was dragging something. I don't want to say if it was, you know, the cliche chains, but um, it sounded like it was dragging something that was scraping. That kind of reminds and, me of that scene from Home Alone. Did you ever watch that? Oh, I've seen, I, I, I can't remember the entire movie. I remember I've seen it. I just, it's been such a long, I've only seen it once. And I was like, it didn't was really call the, it. The guy, I guess he was a neighbor and he was always calling around a, trash can and they always thought that he had body parts or something <laughs> oh okay i think i remember yeah the neighbor he ended up being a nice guy and yeah. something so yeah no but i and I, I look and i look and i just felt i felt uneasy you know you know when you see something and you automatically you feel scared yeah and and so I was like, oh, my God, you know, and and I was so exposed because it was a large window. And I mean, literally, I was right up against the window. So our bed was right up against the window. And I'm like, oh, my God, this thing's going to turn. It's going to see me. So I kind of like 
covered. I closed the curtains, even though my mom always had those sheer curtains that you could. But still, I said, okay, anything is better than nothing, you know. So I, I closed the curtains and but I could see this thing shuffling across and it finally and it and it finally went all the way across and I where I couldn't see it anymore but I could hear it getting further and further away and I'm like holy god what did I just see so in the morning I told my mom what had happened and she goes oh era un, era un duende <laughs> and I go what <laughs> and she goes era un duende and he goes you know and Maybe he was looking for you because I uh, did you do something that you did? You lie about something? I'm like, oh no! You know? <laughs> but for those of y'all that don't know, um, a duende, uh, a duende, from what I understand, is like a um, what's a a dwarf? See, no, she, she no, like yeah, goblin, a, like a goblin, yeah. But people think goblins are like small, but no. Yeah. My mom would always tell me that they could be large you know um then they can take forms they can actually shape shift and um but i i always wonder you know because there's things out there that we don't know about you know there's you know if if you're not out there i used to sleepwalk you used to sleepwalk oh sanambulo yeah um and it was bad (laughs) um it always scared my mom because First, it started like with sleep talking, uh-huh. and I would talk about anything and everything, and I would actually answer back. <laughs> oh, and um, but after that, it turned into sleepwalking, and we lived right by the highway, and I actually, <laughs> I would move things. So I'd move things from upstairs to downstairs, downstairs to upstairs, and then after that, I started walking outside of the house. Oh no! And um. The I left the house apparently, and I started walking across the highway. And there were, it was always a very very busy highway, so I was going to the store for some weird reason. Um, in college, I actually had a roommate that was his parents were coming over, mm-hmm. and at three o'clock in the morning, I started sleepwalking and making pancakes. And I actually oh made God. the whole pancakes, like I made a whole bunch of them. Oh my god! Hey, I'd be right there saying, "Yep, just keep them coming." <laughs> like, all right, you you go, boy. But keep mom on. was always really scared because, um, well, of course, you know, one the the possibility of getting hurt. But I would also still stand in the in the in one of the rooms, and we had a really bright light outside, so you couldn't see who it was. And I would stand oh. right in the window, so all you could see was the shadow. So mom would always get scared. Oh, and um, you're not supposed to wake anybody up when they're sleepwalking. Yeah. And um, one time she, because she didn't know it was me, she she actually attacked me. <gasps> oh, oh my yeah, God. that that was a really interesting um, wake up session. Right oh my God! What the hell? Yeah. Oh. I I don't think I do it anymore, but um, I know that it was very very. I did it a lot when I was in my junior high, all the way up until college years. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't think I do it anymore, but I used to do that a lot. You know, when you said that that you were standing, uh, you know, in in that room, and your mom 
but I was thinking of the the one this scene comes to mind in I don't know if you've seen the movie Hereditary. Uh it's with Tony Collette mm. and Gabriel Byrne. No, I haven't seen that one. It's an A twenty four movie and it's very actually you should see it. It's really really good if you like scary i don't know if you thought said that you like it or not but this one has one scene that's just super creepy and you it's dark and you see this outline of a person but they're kind of like you see it i mean you and they have this the creepiest smile and you're like oh my god it's like i see that i'm like oh that scares the shit out of me oh definitely and it's yeah and it freaked me out like because like i said i would move things i actually moved like you know the tvs back in the 90s were really huge Mm -hmm. and bulky holy crap those were huge ass things and i was able to move them from one floor to another by myself which was really weird because i normally i wouldn't be able to i was a really small framed kid i was you know mm-hmm. very skinny i when i started high school i could barely you know even pick up the weight bar <laughs> in the weight <laughs> class it was just the bar i could barely even do that um you so, weighed the bar yeah exactly <laughs> I, graduating only weighed 90 pounds in high school oh my goodness so i was very very small so to be able to move something bulky like that from one floor to another was was impossible was impossible I mean, for was... me physically to do so and, and I would wind up with things in my room or things missing from my room. So that was always a really weird, you know, waking up that way and finding like, oh, what is this TV doing in here? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And like I said, and, I, and I, she would talk to me and I would talk back as if I was awake. So she always sometimes thought that I was actually really awake when I wasn't. And mm-hmm. then she would talk to me, you know, the next day, do you remember this? And I was like, nope, don't remember anything. So that, oh my God, that was always, you know, one of her big worries that I was going to hurt myself yeah. walking. So they actually had to change like the door locks and stuff like that so that I couldn't get out. Yeah. I would, I, I, I would, would just go walking. Mm-hmm. I don't remember I would it. think so. But... <laughs> Yeah, that I would think that was always a weird, you know, for her to tell me the next day, like, "Oh, you walked around the block last night." Yeah, I don't that's remember. creepy. Yeah, oh. but I also always had really weird, like dreams. I guess because mm-hmm. I would remember the dreams, and for me, it was always like you were falling. You know, you're falling, falling, falling. But for me, it kept getting yeah. faster and faster and faster, uh-huh. falling. But I was being stabbed at the same time. That's that's odd. And that that's, was that's, a that's... very reoccurring dream for many, many years. And it wasn't until maybe about five years ago that it actually stopped. Oh. And it was always exactly the same way. So while I was falling and falling and falling, it was getting faster and faster. I was getting stabbed and it was faster and faster. And then I would always hear the laughing in the background. So very, very, very odd. odd. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, if you have well, it maybe once or twice, but for decades, you know what I mean? Like 10, 20 years where you have that same type of a dream all the time. Now, yeah. That's weird. 
That is, that is weird. Oh my gosh, that's, well, they, I mean, gosh, I mean, I don't, oh, that's, I, you know, that's, that, and they say that the old adage is if you fall, you know, if you, if you die in your sleep, you die in real life. I mean, I never really thought, I mean, I never believed in that, but I'm like, mm, at the same time, I don't want to chance it. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to test that theory is like in so I would always also think about me I would um have dreams where I would be falling to and yeah I just I I would you know never hit the bottom I would jolt myself awake before I hit the bottom and uh, and you know what was really weird about those two those type of dreams that I was having is that it felt like everything was getting bigger around mm-hmm. me I was getting mm-hmm. smaller and you know that you're dreaming mm-hmm. at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you know yeah. you're dreaming. You know it's not real, but it is real. Um, and then when I would wake up, I had to find a way to wake up. And when I did, though, I felt like a little ant in my bedroom. Like everything was oh. ginormous. And I couldn't move. That was the the, the weirdest part, too, is that... It was it was almost as if I was paralyzed in sleep the bed. paralysis. Yeah. And but it, yeah. It, the room just felt like it was three thousand times bigger than than what it really was. I just felt like mm-hmm. insignificant on this like a little speck of dust on inside this big room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always but I hated mm. those dreams. I hated them. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> I don't yeah. I prefer not to dream. I don't want to think about it, but oh, but uh, no, this was interesting. You know, this was a, this was actually a pretty good episode. I mean, yeah, folks, we started off. You know, we started off kind of rough. I mean, but it was a it was uh, an experiment, and um, you never, you know, you we had to try it, and we're pretty transparent here. Yeah. Like I say, you know, if we're gonna try something, we're gonna try it, and we're not gonna edit it. You know, edit it out. It's real life, and. Um, but it was, I ended up, I, I liked the story time. I like, you know, having conversations like this and talking about our, our past and memories that we have that just, because we all have those memories that just sit with us and we just don't understand them or, you know, or those memories that as you get older, you realize, wow, that was really pretty, you know, wow, I was in real danger or. Ooh, that was something that was actually worse than what I thought it was, you know. So, yeah. yeah but uh, no, I mean every, um, you know, people out there, if you know, y'all, my listeners, um, if y'all want, you can send in your your creepy stories or your weird, you know, recollection experiences. experiences. Yeah, you can send them to mishmashsoup two one four at gmail dot com, and if you want, we can. We can do another story time. I like these story times. Um, we'll get and, better at it. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will get better at it. And, and and we can do it, you know, and just let us know when you give us your story that if we can use your name or not, because we'll make up a name if we have to. We're good at making up names. So, you know, just don't be mad if we if we call you Virgil, you know, <laughs> some crazy name like that. But, um, yeah, so and also... You know, I'm, I'm, you know, featured at uh, Anchor FM. So if you want to support this, 
this uh, podcast, you can always go and click on the support button there and you can donate as little or as much as you want. And uh, although it's not required, it's always appreciated. Um, hopefully I'm going to get my Patreon started. I already have one. I just haven't uh, done the tiers, but yeah, that was, a, this was a good one. So yeah. I really, I really Different. enjoy when you, when you have, yeah, when you, because this is good. I mean, this is good. And like I said, we also have some plans for the holiday season coming up and I can't wait for that. I know. And, that's uh, gonna be awesome. this, it's going to be cool. They don't know what it is yet, but They'll find out soon once December 1st hits. Yep. <laughs> Other than that, no, folks, everybody, thank you for listening. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been random. <laughs> and that's how we like to keep things, you know, always a crazy mixture of soup that we have in the kitchen. So until next time, folks. Bye. Bye.